Report on CITR 101.9 FM. We're broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus on the unceded traditional Musqueam territory in Vancouver. I am your host, Sarah, and I am not joined by Lua today because she works a full-time job and she has stuff to do for that job. And we understand and appreciate that because it's hard to be a full-time student and do a full-time job. And do the radio so it's just me today anyways so we have i mean i have (laughs) a great show for you today um we're gonna start with some pre-recorded interviews so the first interview is the one that i did with um the director of year in town who she's actually so her name is courtney doby i think that's how it's pronounced um anyways <laughs> um she's actually apparently a ubc alumnus so that's really cool she is directing year in town which is being put on by the arts report uh oh nope it's not being put on by the arts report we are the arts report <laughs> it's being put on by um studio 58 yes that is the correct thing anyways I'm really sorry and then uh, yeah I yep the other interview is with the cast of anywhere but here and Lua did that interview so I unfortunately do not have much information about what that entails but the good thing is you'll get to learn and you'll get to hear everything about it because you know interviews anyways okay let's get into it (laughs) bye hello everybody this is sarah and i'm here with an interview for you today i'm talking with courtney dobby who is the director of you're in town the musical hi courtney how are you hi good nice to be here with you thank you um would you like to introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about you're in town um sure my name is courtney dobby and i'm the director of you're in town at Studio 58 at Langara College. It's a musical that premiered off-Broadway and then to Broadway 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about social injustice and um, rebellion, and it's a dark comedy. There is uh, uh, political issues and love, and it deals with lots of great themes. But the main theme of the show being that it takes place in a world where you have to pay to pee. You have to pay to use a urinal. So it's sort of a dystopian world where mm-hmm. yeah. the poor have to pay in order to in order to survive and be able to go to the washroom. That's a heavy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to ask, because I've read that you've been directing for a while, 
Um, but is this your first time directing a musical or have you done any musicals before? Yeah, no, I've done lots of musicals before and I've been in many musicals. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, this is, I've done many musicals before. And so how was this experience compared to the previous ones? Were there any specific difficulties for you or things you enjoyed more than the previous ones maybe? Um, well, this is a special musical in the sense that um, just because of the subject matter, it's very irreverent and cheeky and it's a dark comedy mm -hmm. um, lots of times musicals are a little more traditional the book musical where it deals with a little bit uh, lighter of themes it's not so dark around the edges even though as they as more and more musicals come out now they're kind of there's a plethora of many different styles and, and visions out there but um, so this is a really fun one because You know, you barely ever get to direct anything that's about called urine town, <laughs> number yeah. one. Um, so, yeah, so it's particularly fun. It's really um, upbeat and in your face and um, loud and um, brazen, but also filled with lots of um, soft moments and, and love and, and real human connection. So it's really nice to play with two of those energies and stuff in a musical for sure. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask why you're in town. So I don't know if you chose this place specifically or if Studio 58 chooses and then you like, how does this process happens? So are right. you given any plays and you choose from them? Yeah. Can you explain a little? Um, well, I do not program the show. So the artistic director, Catherine Shaw of Studio 58 She's the one who um, actually says we're going to do this musical or that musical or this show or that show. Mm -hmm. um, she did, uh, when she and I discussed possibly uh, me directing a musical here, we did kind of talk about a couple of different ones that we were interested in. Mm -hmm. But um, I really liked this one because of it really suits our, our theaters in the, the basement. It's a black box theater mm -hmm. in the basement of, Studio of Langara College. And um, just the, the mood and the quality and the, again, the irreverence and um, attitude of the play, I think, in the musical, I think really suits uh, where we are. And, and I also think that the, its themes right now definitely have perhaps more relevance in today's world than they did 19 years ago when it first premiered. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so this one, it was just a, it felt particularly relevant to, to do today. Yeah. And so I want to ask, did you have a vision going into this? And did the production end up being like what you had imagined? Yeah, for the most part, I did have a vision. I wanted to stay close to what the material presented. So I wasn't interested in making um, some... Uh, I wanted to honor the, the, the world that the play presents. But the fun thing about it is that um, uh, because it's this, again, this dystopian future, there is a lot of... Um, artistic leeway that you can take and make it our own. So we made some decisions as to how to make that our own and, and define it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, yeah, it's pretty much come to, I mean, it, there's a, because you, theater is a collaborative, it's a collaborative art form. So you're working with designers, actors on many levels. There's probably about, well, there's like probably a hundred people in, in various aspects that oh. are working on this show. So the students of Langara, as well as the faculty, and, and then all the creative team, the design team, the production team, staff. So it's a big effort. But of course, they present their own ideas and have their own thoughts. And so, so my vision is also their vision. It all comes together 
in one singular one, and our job is to make sure that it's all on track with each other. So, yeah, but the, I'm very happy and pleased and very excited with how it's all come together. Yeah, and you talked about making it your own, and so um, that raised the question in me. What aspects do you think come to mind when you're talking about making a show your own, you know, making it unique or... Um, I think we've, there's certain design elements that I don't really want to give away, but there's mm -hmm. certain design elements that we've done that have to suit the, again, our black box theater of Studio 58. So, uh, so we've made certain design choices that help facilitate that. Yeah. Um, um, as well as costume choices. We've placed the piece um, more taking a cue from the past. So it has sort of a 1930s, 1940s appeal. Mm -hmm. um, and in the design and in the costuming. So that's um, that's something that other urine towns have done too. It sort of has this uh, timeless uh, timeless feel, <clears throat> something that we can relate to, but is not, again, particularly of of this current world that we live in. So and and mostly in the design, we had to we had to define it again just to make it our own because of the the small theater that it's presented in. Yeah. So I read that you've also acted and choreographed for other productions, so you're not just a director. And yeah. So I want to ask, how do you like directing compared to the others? Um, I like them all for various different reasons. It's a different creative um, part of the brain that gets utilized. Mm -hmm. Directing is perhaps the most expansive, so it's the most um, where you can really incorporate many different things into a creative vision, um, such as costumes. That, so it, it's really satisfying in the sense that you're responsible for it all, and it's really, it's really satisfying to see that all come together. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really powerful to work with uh, the designers and the actors and, again, have everybody's energies coming together, focus on one thing. So direction, you have a little bit more of that ability in the sense that you're the guide and the overseer of making sure that all that vision and artistic integrity and passion and everything comes together so uh, it's a lot of responsibility sometimes the responsibility needs a lot of thought and careful application but yeah. um but it's definitely uh satisfying in that to, to see all the pieces of the puzzle come together yeah sounds you described it really well <laughs> thank you it's really interesting yeah. um so yeah. Lastly, I want to ask for anyone listening that is considering seeing you in town but isn't quite sure, what would you say to convince them? So why should people see you in town? Um, people should see you in town because um, it's extremely funny, it's comedic, it's um, energetic, it uh, has fantastic themes that everyone can plug into environment environmental devastation themes, political agendas, corporations controlling large masses of people, stuff that we can politically relate to right now. It also has um, uh, uh, love and passion and, um, again, human connection. Mm -hmm. So it's, But the main thing is that it's lots of fun. It's really cheeky. It's really out there. Um, it's a play about having people who have to pee mm -hmm. and pay, pay to pee. So if you like those kind of themes, then... I think it's going to be right up your alley. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to me about Year in Town. Okay. And I just want to remind everybody when Year in Town is taking place, it's at Studio 58. 
It's opening tonight, right? No, it opens on Saturday night, but we have two preview performances tonight and tomorrow. Oh, but, so okay. there are public performances tonight and tomorrow night. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's running until February 16th? Yes. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add? No, just come on down. Enjoy the fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, thank you very much. Bye, have a nice day. You too, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hello everyone, this is Lua Presidio and I'm here with Christine Quintana who is part of the cast of Anywhere But Here which is now, um, uh, well not now, but from February 4th to February 15th at the Vancouver Playhouse. How are you Christine? I'm great, thanks. Well I'm so happy that we can talk to you today um, and can you tell us a little bit more about what Anywhere But Here is about? Yeah, um, Anywhere But Here is the story of a family of uh, Chileans who have taken refugee status in Canada because of their mother's involvement in the uh, movement of the revolutionary left in Chile in the 70s. And that's Laura, the character that I'm playing. Um, and the, the coup of 1973 has forced them to go into exile and take refugee status in Canada. But at the beginning of the play, uh, the father, Manuel, has had enough. And he's taken their two daughters and is driving them back to Chile to refute their refugee status um, and take them away from their mom, who follows on foot. Uh, and the action of the play takes place at the U.S.-Mexico border, um, where kind of time and space sort of become elastic and fluid and uh, they meet people from 2020, from the 1800s, from the 1990s. Um, and it's sort of a tale about finding home and, and what it means to be home. Well, that sounds really fascinating. Actually, um, as you said that, I remembered this other play that I watched recently um, called Anon Anonymous, um, where it kind of also played around with this border space and created this where this space is more than just a border, right? It's like a transition between worlds. Yes, and uh, Carmen Aguirre, who wrote Any River Here, actually directed Anonymous at Studio 58. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that was such a great play. And if it follows, if it's anywhere near that, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's so because, especially in the current dialogue that we're having right now about borders and about nationalism, um, it's so interesting to me, right? Like, in terms of my family history, um, my abuelos were from Chihuahua, the state in Mexico, and um, when they immigrated to the United States, they immigrated to lands that was Mexico. And the only thing that changes that is a border. Uh, and same with, you know, um, where I was born. Like, borders are fluid, they're invented, they're uh, creations of politics, of war, but in terms of decolonizing our understanding of borders, for example, if you go to um, one of my favorite websites is nativeland.ca, it's native-land.ca, where you can see a map of indigenous territory where borders, the political borders that are created are irrelevant, right? And you look at actually whose land you're on, not the nation, but the actual people. Um, and so this play to me kind of expands on the idea that borders are created, that they're, um, that they're temporal and that they're fluid, and yet they're also very real because of the violence that's enacted in the process of upholding those. And all of these characters are kind of in this moment of transformation at the border because of the power 
of that concept and of that reality and how that's changed through time and hasn't changed through time. Well, I'm, I'm going to be sure to check out that website. It sounds really interesting. Um, and regarding this, um, sorry, anywhere but here, it is the first time in Canadian history <laughs> that a Latinx work of this size is making its world premiere on a major stage. And so how does it feel to be part of this? And what do you think it means to, you know, have something of this size being presented in Canada right now? It's incredible. It's incredible every single day when we look around the rehearsal hall and, you know, we're working in Spanish and English half the time. You know, um, a couple of days ago, Carmen Alatore, our costume designer who's from Mexico City, was doing fittings. Um, and passing, just watching her and Michelle Rios, like just passing fluidly between Spanish and English as they're discussing the costume and the fitting and everything and um, celebrating the diversity within the cast as well in terms of like, I'm a second generation Mexican-American of mixed background, um, uh, but there's Venezuelans and there's Guatemalans and there's other Mexicans who were born in Mexico and that we're very different as well. So just getting to share that experience together is amazing. And in terms of what it means for the kind of representation that we've been longing for um, and that people like Carmen uh, Aguirre have done the work on and we're here uh, receiving, uh, receiving this labor that's been done for decades by artists of color in Canada. Um, so it's really amazing. It's really emotional. Um, and to do it here on the Playhouse stage for myself as somebody who grew up um, seeing shows at the Playhouse, I never dreamed I'd get to perform here, and especially not in a show that allows me to really be my whole self. Um, it's pretty remarkable. I'm happy you feel this way, and I think it is such an important story to be told. Um, definitely not something that is said enough. Not now, not ever. And this is also not just a play. This also has music and rap, correct? That's right, yeah. Um, how does the music interact with the story? I mean, there's a couple of facets of the, the music and sound that are incredible. There's an original score by Jolisa, um, and it's just so, so exciting and invigorating. The musicians actually came in the rehearsal hall and rehearsed with us and played off of the individual moments of the play and really tuned them to be exactly what that moment is and kind of bounced, bounced ideas and energy off of each other. And then they went and recorded it. Um, and so it feels so fresh and so alive. But then there's also the raps that are a collaboration between Shad, who I was a fan of before, and it's just so cool to have had him around in the rehearsal hall and um, co collaboration between him and Carmen and Alan Dominguez, who's performing the raps, um, which are incredibly powerful. You know, we feel on stage every time we feel shaky and and, um, and really moved by the way that they've rap and used music and used language to try to bring people into the experience of people who are trying to cross the border. And also to put in context what these do so well. It's put in context why we're seeing migration at the scale that we are. And that is because... You know, like in Canada, for example, we like to think that we're really, we, that our hands are clean when it comes to international affairs. But in fact, Canadian-owned mining companies are responsible for some of the atrocities that are causing the displacement at this level. And 
somehow in these amazing, epic, powerful raps, Carmen and Shad managed to put all of that into context and bring it to one individual and his story of trying to cross the border on La Bestia, which is a train which goes uh, from south to north. Um, so I think it's going to be a really powerful experience for audiences, and I think people are really going to learn something and have their assumptions about Canada's role in Latin American affairs challenged, which I'm really excited about. I'm really happy you brought that up because that was going to be my next question. How do you think it's this? the context of this play would have been different if it were being played in Seattle, for example, or somewhere in the States compared to somewhere in Canada? I mean, what I find the most exciting about this play is that it totally blows up the idea of, like, Canada's number one and that, you know, all refugees are happy to be here and to stay. Uh, challenges the idea that people might have that, that people who are refugees, who are immigrants, might never want to go home to their real home, to their home country. And it challenges the idea of the supremacy of the North, of Canada and the States. And yes, our relationships to the border and to immigration are different, but they're not as different as I think Canadians are comfortable assuming. Um, and there is plenty of culpability from Canada, from the government, from the companies that you know people listening to this might have their investment funds invested in, um, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, as well that like, I mean, I could go into the politics of it forever um looking at the safe second country agreement that you know canada is happy to sit by and uh pretend that america is still the united states not america sorry the united states is still a, a safe country to pass through um i think it will give some context to what's happening globally and it will also challenge a sort of comfort that canadians have um you know i grew up in canada and um as a mixed race person, you know, on one side, on my mom's side, we're, we've been here, we're the original colonizers of this land. There was an idea of Canada as the peacekeeper, Canada as the welcome, open arms. And then being a Mexican-American on my dad's side and seeing the violence that these northern states uh, enact on people who are just trying to get home and trying to live safely with dignity in their own country. I can hear how passionate you are about all of this. And I'm very happy that I got the chance to talk to you because I feel that our show is really all about this. It's talking to people that love what they're doing and believe in what they're doing will somehow change the world. And I think you do believe that. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and also, you know, for for all the passion and fire that I have about this, what this is wrapped in in the show is this show that has amazing music, amazing uh, costumes, like... I get the full 70s treatment. I have my hair all done up right now, getting ready to, to work on the show. There's music, there's rap, there's comedy, there's drag, there's incredible visuals. Like, Because through all this, what it means to me to be Latinx is to have this history of colonization, of imperialism, of diaspora, and to also to dance and to live and to see each other and to celebrate life. And this play really sums all of that up and I think shares it with the audience. So, you know, I think that audiences who are not, not Latinx and don't have necessarily their own direct experience of diaspora are, in addition to being challenged and to maybe learning some new things, will get a glimpse 
at our culture and what we want to share. And I think it's going to be really, really fun and really powerful. So yes, I'm very passionate and very excited. <laughs> well, I'm very excited too, after talking to you, to watch this show. Um, thank you so much for taking your time today in the middle of rehearsal. I'm sure you're going kind of insane with everything that's happening. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> to do this interview with us. Um, I hope to see you on stage very, very soon. And again, Absolutely. thank you so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the interview. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hi. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> um, if you're just tuning in now, um, this is Sarah. You're listening to The Arts Report. And I wanted to mention that we are going to be taking a quick ad and PSA break. And then right after, I'm going to be back with um, how many? Three reviews? Yes, three reviews. Okay. Um, yes. Bye. CITR and Timber Concerts present Matil on Thursday, February 6th at the Fox Cabaret. Just do what did I get into a hero walking on this floor? Featuring guest Calvin Love. Tickets available at Red Cat Records and online at timberconcerts.com. Ah, nature. Sustainability is so important to preserving this for the future. If only there was a place I could learn more about it, contribute to environmentally conscious projects, and develop my leadership skills with like-minded people. Oh wait, there is! Come and join UBC's Sustainability Ambassadors Program, open to all undergraduate and graduate students at UBC. Contribute your time and gain valuable work experience in sustainability. Apply online at sustain.ubc.ca forward slash ambassadors before February 10th. Hi, this time I am back for another 20 minutes because in 20 minutes is when we're going to have our next Adam PSA break. Anyways, yeah, you didn't have to know that. <laughs> okay, so today's really exciting because... All the stuff that I'm going to be reviewing is so good. I loved every one of them. But before I get into that, uh, I just want to do a quick little shout out to Gruesome Playground Injuries. So Gruesome Playground Injuries is being put on by Untold Once Theatre from February 6th till 15th. So it's starting tomorrow at the Vensity Culture Lab. And you might be wondering what it is. Well, I am going to read you just that now. Childhood friends Doug and Kayleen are kindred spirits who meet over the course of 30 years. Every time one is drawn back into the other's life with a new self-inflicted wound, but are met with the decision to stay together or go their separate ways again. This funny, touching play takes a microscope to the societal reper repercussions of love and family and explores the psychological and physical all it can take on two people in this world who are keeping each other alive um so yes 
I don't know what else to say. Just I because this says it all. It sounds really interesting. Although there is a show warning, so um, warning, there is coarse language and depictions of self harm. So if any of those two are triggering for you, maybe skip this one. Um, so again, gruesome playground injuries being put on by Untold Wants Theater from February 6th, which is tomorrow until the 15th at, at the Vensity Culture Lab. It runs 90 minutes with no intermission, which is honestly great because sometimes you just want to some th- enjoy something without being interrupted and no intermission plays, one act plays, that's, that's the best. Anyways, yes, so let's start with... You're in town. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm just really excited for all three. So I don't know which one to start with. Anyways. So I just want to quickly mention that in my interview with Courtney Doby, who was the director of You're in Town, the musical, I said tonight, as in, you know, the show is opening tonight, right? And then she said, Tom- no, tomorrow. And those tonight and tomorrows, those were meant to be for Thursday and Friday because that's when we recorded this. I mean, as I said, this is a pre-recorded phone interview. So I (laughs) did not think about that, which is unfortunate. And you're in town did open for anyone wondering and it's running until february 16th so there's like 11 more days to see it and for sure go see it okay so studio 58 if you do not know is langara college's um acting school program they have a three-year acting uh program anyways and they put on some really good stuff so in her interview with so in Lua's interview, she mentioned Anonymous, which was also put on by Studio 58, which she enjoyed a lot. And I had seen Anthony and Cleopatra b- by them before. And OK, to be honest, I didn't enjoy it that much because I don't like plays with Shakespearean um, English because it's way too much. English is not my main language. And Shakespearean English is like a whole other language and I cannot deal with that but the production was really good like the acting was amazing and the costumes were really good the set was really smart so with you're in town (laughs) everything was amazing again so anyways I don't know if you're just tuning in now or you've been listening for a while, but I'm just going to remind everybody of what You're in Town, the musical is. So it's a musical, as it says in the title, about a quote-unquote dystopian um, place where people have to pay to pee. And I say quote-unquote dystopian because, yes, it would be amazing if this was an actual dystopian world where people had to pay to pee, but unfortunately there are still some places uh, that, you know, ask for money for public restrooms. And, well, also, okay, one cool thing in their, like, program that they hand... um, before the show, right? It says, like, the actors, everyone involved in the production, basically, like, lighting directors, director, artistic director, everyone's, and then gives information about the play itself. And then they wrote fun facts, I thought, which I thought, you know, was amazing. So one of the fun facts was, um, in the UK, it is illegal to charge for urinals, but it is not illegal so it is allowed to charge for toilets. So 
Um, I guess women have to pay to pee in, in, in the UK, huh? Well, I, anyways. <laughs> so I was going to say, we shared this on our Twitter. Yes, we have a Twitter, which I, we, we found out, like, I think a week ago, honestly. Um, go follow us on th- Twitter. I post there pretty um frequently it's at citr underscore arts report also while we're at it follow us on instagram our instagram is oh my god i was just posting a story right before um you know getting being live back (laughs) so (laughs) this is just sitting here so yeah um as you can understand i post a lot of stories for our C- for our um, Instagram, which is at Arts Report CITR, so we also have a Facebook. Um, so go like that too, CITR Arts Report. My friend did all of the cover work for. I mean, all it's just one, but he had to modify it anyways. For the Twitter and our Facebook cover, so that's great. Anyways, let's get back into you're in town. So you're in town was amazing in any way the acting was phenomenal the singing was good it was really good yeah I mean (laughs) the way I said good I feel like maybe sounded like I didn't like it but no I did like it very much um the lighting was done really well because studio eight's stage is basically it's like a black box theater it's in a basement of Lingara College and the audience is elevated, but the, um, what's it called? Like the performance happens on the ground. So there's like a lot of lights coming from above, which was really great for this play because like this musical, because there are specific moments where they like look up to the light to, you know, to the sun and stuff like that. Anyways, um, <laughs> there's so many stuff I want to say. So Let's go by category by category. Okay. Um, You're in town itself. The music is so much fun. I don't think there's one song where it's, you know, sad. I Yeah, because usually musicals have like fun, 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 sad, sad, fun, 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 depressing, fun. <laughs> it goes kind of like, you know, like a roller coaster. But you're in town. It's like always up there. The music is so much fun. There are so many dance numbers and it is hilarious. The, the, the <laughs> I, I can't even find the words. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Me, I went. I went here in town with Loa. Unfortunately, she's not here to review it with me. Um, but we, she loved it too. I mean, we were laughing so much, and we both tend to kind of just slap each other's knees when we're like laughing at something while we're watching, or our arms. So the whole time we were just slapping each other because it was so funny. And yeah, I mean, the funny thing is in. Um, Despite the music being so much fun and high energy, the story itself is kind of sad. It makes you like, hmm, what did I just watch? It's like a cool mixture of, you know, both um, fun elements and real elements, let's say. Um, Also, one cool thing is that there is a narrator 
in the musical and the narrator keeps breaking the fourth wall which is always a fun time so yeah <laughs> so what else the acting everyone was amazing um what i felt is that because i saw anthony and cleopatra there were um people that i recognized like the actors i recognized them and i was like oh my god and like i remember you you played anthony and oh my god you played caesar and <laughs> that was so cool so you know perks of seeing a lot of plays i guess and same with happened same happened with lua she was like oh my god she was an anonymous and we're just kind of starstruck <laughs> anyways um yeah the acting is always really good with studio 58 they are great the casting was done really well i feel like there was not one actor who didn't fit the role that they were playing everybody was cast really good and i mean really good like hats off to <laughs> to i i actually don't know if someone else casted them or if the director courtney casted them so but whoever did it good job i loved it and um the lighting was done really good which i mentioned um i i don't know i just feel like i keep repeating the same things there were so many times where we were just mesmerized by the scene because like um courtney who is the director courtney did such a good job um placing everybody let's say i like directing basically but you know there might be some plays where it's just the actors keep going into the same two places because the set doesn't you know allow them too much to move and in this musical there weren't like in this production i feel like the only constant set piece was this um thing with i don't even it was like a stand type of thing with stairs and it moved so it was uh normally on the back of the stage but then towards the middle of the play they like moved it they yeah it was so cool so like there was some movement going on um it wasn't stable which is always amazing because you don't want to get bored <laughs> um what else i i don't know it's just it was really good go watch it also like okay one amazing thing about studio 58 we review so many plays and some of them are really expensive and unfortunately not everybody can see it especially students even though places have student discounts it's hard you know to get that money with even the student discount and go to that play which everybody should be able to do because art is so amazing and theater fills your soul so much and so with studio 58 student tickets are only $22 and that's during Wednesday and Thursdays on Tuesdays tickets are $12.50 so like next Tuesday go see uh you're in town and pay only $12.50 yeah it's just ugh, so good so good I was honestly you're in town's music I never really listened to it I only knew one song 
I mean, I've seen you in town before. There was a student production at UBC. So I kind of knew the songs, but I didn't know them, you know, like... I know some other musicals because I am so obsessed with musicals. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I like actually knew only one song and the other ones I didn't know much. And now after seeing it, I just wanted to listen to everything because <laughs> it is so, so, so good. The music is so much fun. Also, the, oh my God, I forgot to mention the choreography. The choreography was done so well. The choreography, oh my God. Because there were some really like dance scenes. <laughs> I don't know if you know what I mean, but like there was dancing. I mean, it wasn't just two steps, one back and then a jump. It was like some legit dancing going on. And honestly, they were amazing. Everybody was dancing really good. And also, the choreography was amazing. Because if the choreography is bad, then the actors slash dancers don't really, you know, how there's a limit to what they can do, what they can do. But if the choreography good is good, which was, um, then everything works out and it's amazing and you get to enjoy it a lot. So yeah, anyways, go see you in town. Okay, um, I'm gonna <laughs> go into an Adam PSA break quickly and then I'm gonna be back with two more reviews. Fundrive 2020, CITR's annual fundraiser extravaganza is almost upon us. This year's theme is Crush on CITR. And since we deal primarily in sound around here, we started wondering, what does a crush sound like? Hey, do you want to make out? It's like that um, filter on Instagram. It's like... Well, um, as great as those answers were, uh, we're kind of hoping this year a crush sounds a bit more like... Because your donations are what allow us to do, well, almost everything. Hosting free radio and podcast trainings, publishing the amazing Discorder magazine, producing local independent news, promoting and playing local music, and so much more. Our Fundrive goal is to reach $30,000 by February 14th. You can show your crush on CITR right now by visiting citr.ca slash donate. Hi, I'm back. As I said, that was really short, which is always amazing with um, CITR's ads and PSAs because they're really short. Anyways, um, so talking about Fundrive, if you don't know what Fundrive is, it's basically um, CITR, um, the, okay, wow, I can't explain. <laughs> um, the time period in which you can donate to CITR slash the shows that you enjoy listening to. Because if not for your donations, then how would we do this, right? People need to get paid i mean i don't get paid but people need to get paid <laughs> anyways so if you like our show 
And if you want to support us, please do. There are three different prizes you can win by donating to us. Um, so if you donate at least $30, you can get a personalized digital portrait. It's Yes, custom and personalized mean the same thing. Lua draws amazing stuff. Um, she makes personalized portraits. You can check those type of, like, what type of stuff she does at Lua Paints on Instagram. And, yeah, so at least $30. That gets you a customized digital portrait. Uh, at least $50 if you donate at least $50 to our show. Uh, you get a custom denim painting. So we will paint whatever you want on a piece of clothing that is denim. This could be a denim jacket. This could be skirts, shorts, pants, hats. You choose. <laughs> and if you donate at least $70, you get a customized embroidery on a article of clothing or you know on a hoop from me <laughs> I do embroidery so I actually I knit so crochet embroidery I do all of that stuff but I feel like I mean we felt like embroidery would be the most customizable and the most liked one I'm guessing so if you donate at least $70 I will embroider something for you. This could be a dog, a sunflower, your letter of your, the first letter of your name. I do not know. You choose. <laughs> Anyways, so Fun Drive is starting tomorrow. Actually, it's running until the 14th, which is the um, Valentine's, which is Valentine's Day. Yes. Anyways, um... Yep, donate to us. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to pass on to Noises Off. So Noises Off is a play by, by the Arts Club. It is happening at the Stanley Industrial Alliance stage, and it's running until February 23rd, so you have a lot of time to see it. I would 100% recommend this play. I went into it. We I saw this with Lua again. Um, both Lua and I, we went into this knowing nothing about it. We did not read anything. We didn't read a synopsis. We didn't read whatever that is written on, like, the Arts Club's website because, you know, sometimes you just want to be surprised and see what's happening. And I personally assumed that it would be a funny one because there is, the in, like, the poster of Noises Off, there is a boot with a fish inside. So, you know, I didn't think it would be so serious. Anyways, I keep forgetting what I'm going to say. I need to get my thoughts together. Okay. <laughs> so, what is Noises Off about? If you want to see it like we did and be amazed, then maybe, like, skip this part and then come back. <laughs> Or if not, keep listening. So Noises Off is about a theater troupe that is, you know, not so successful. They aren't the best, let's say. And it starts off with their tech night. 
<laughs> which is funny because tech is usually a week. It's like a technical week where um, if you don't know for a play, a tech week is when you look at the everything technical. So this could be lights, sounds, entrances, exits and see how everything works on stage with costumes. This is like before a full run. And in this show, um, this troupe is having their tech rehearsal the night before opening, which is absurd <laughs> because you need to finish tech night, tech, not night, tech week or like tech day, whatever, and then do full runs. And then, you know, the night before, you just got to rest, get those, um, what is it called? Like, excitement jitters out and then perform the next day <laughs> um but with this yeah with this uh, theater troupe it's different they yep they are having their technical rehearsal the night before and so the f first act is their rehearsal and then the second act shows the backstage uh and literally actually shows the backstage because the set design is done so well the set actually rotates and reveals the backstage and I'm giving way too many spoilers wow <laughs> um and it is so funny because during the backstage it shows like the moments before opening you know how you're in your seat if you're usually an audience member you're in your seat and you're waiting and then they say our play is a spot to start turn off your phones and stuff like that like those times and if you're backstage you know you're excited you're a little bit nervous and you don't like you're, it's gonna be good you know that it's gonna be good but you're also nervous that you're gonna forget every single one of your lines and so that they show perfectly of course, with a little exaggeration, because nobody wants to watch something pulled out of real life. So with a little bit of exaggeration, it is made into this funny, I mean, hilarious <laughs> backstage moments. Like it shows them starting the play and then, of course, like during the play, what like all the stuff that goes down backstage while they're perform like people are actually performing on the other side of that set. And it is funny. I need to look at thesaurus for other words for funny. And I'm not joking right now. <laughs> it is amusing, entertaining ludicrous anyways yeah <laughs> um yes and then the last part of sec the second act is the um the stage like not the backstage the actual front of the stage normally and then they perform for you like it's a play in a play and it is oh my god i <laughs> i don't wanna you know I've spoiled enough. I don't want to spoil the ending too. Although I'm assuming you can guess what's going to happen. Anyways, so Noises Off is um, amusing, entertaining, ludicrous. <laughs> and you should definitely go see it. Also, I just want to give a second and say that the 
the set was just, it blew our minds Lua and I we were just super shocked we actually exclaimed we were like <gasps> no that's gasping I'm sorry we were like <gasps> when like anything happened there were so many details attention to detail oh my god the arts club the place that they put on the Stanley Theater always the attention to detail they have on that stage when it comes to set design it blows my mind they're so 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 good which is why it's so worth it for the money to go I actually don't know how much the tickets are they start from $30 hey they're really good so yeah anyways um <laughs> before uh we end the show I want to talk a little bit about Frontera. So you might be wondering, hey, what is Frontera? <laughs> Why am I saying this in an Italian accent? I'm like, Frontera. <laughs> Maybe because I had two Italian classes today. I don't know. Anyways, so Frontera is a dance show, but it is so much more than a dance show because there isn't just dance. I mean, was, because this was a one-night-only thing that it, from the PUSH Festival. Uh, the PUSH Festival is the International Performing Arts Festival, by the way. Um, yeah, it was on January 30th, and I'm really happy I was able to see it also. Anyways, wait, I'm going to mention this later. So, Frontera unites three components. Dance, which is obvious because I said it's a dance show. Light, which you might be thinking, hey, that's everywhere, but no, <laughs> I'm going to get into it. And music, which you might be thinking, hey, every dance show has music, but no, <laughs> Frontera had live music. It was so cool. So, hey, a little shameless plug. I interviewed um, the bassist of Fly Pan Am who was like that's the band that was playing and they actually composed the music that was that was playing during the show just for that and so if you want to hear more about that that interview is on last week's show so you can go to CITR's website found our um, show under talk shows and then you can listen to that episode and learn more about Frontera and um J.S. Trucci's point of view so like a musician's point of view and it's amazing anyways so the dance company that was performing is called Animals of Distinction that's Dana Greengrass's dance company she also you know choreogra choreo did the choreography for this um, show and then the lighting was done by United Visual Artists so I want to take a moment and explain all of like tell what I'm my do my review on three of the aspects separately and then join them like they did in Frontera. <laughs> um, so let's start with the music. It was amazing. It was very immersive. Like the music was really loud, by the way. Okay, I have to say this. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be that loud. There was an old couple behind me that was sitting and they were like, hey, should we go? I don't know. I want to stay. But also it's really and so that was kind of annoying, but like I get you're old and you get agitated e easier than normal. 
Um, anyways, yeah, the music was amazing. The fact that they composed that music just for this dance shows, dance, just for this dance show, amazes me, blows my mind. I I don't know what to say. Okay, so the good thing is I was like really I thought people would underestimate the music because they wouldn't won't be able to see the band, but. There was a bamboozled moment and they actually, we saw the silhouettes of the band and they were, you know, like shaking their heads, moving their feet to the rhythm of the music and they were just enjoying themselves and that was amazing. And I got to see that. I mean, we got to see that and that was really cool. And so, yeah, the music, so Fly Pan Am does rock. They're Montreal based. Um, and so the music was pretty rock-ish so it's not like slow like your typical contemporary dance music also this wasn't like contemporary dance at all I'm gonna get into that um this um the music I yeah so if you if you're like curious about what the music sounds like just go check out Fly Pan Am on Spotify because they are a band that actually exists and they were apparently on a 14, like 13, 14 year hiatus. And they came back, like they regrouped for this. <sighs> Amazing. Anyways, second part. Lights. United Visual Artists from the UK. Damn. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> there were some really good parts. There was like... My favorite one was when there were like 12 different lights, there were um, straight lights on the stage and there were six women like in the middle of them. So it, it gave me like cell block tango vibes, which was, you know, fun and amazing because cell I love cell block tango and Chicago in general and yeah that wasn't just it just like i mean honestly check out their um pictures and their promotional videos because there's no way i can only tell you about this by speaking because you know you have to see it you have to see it also i want to say the promotional video on youtube does not do it justice it does not do the show justice um the dancing I don't understand how those dancers were able to do all of that in like one and a half hours straight. There was no intermission. There was no one second when they they weren't on stage. They were always on stage and they were running around. They were jumping. They were doing all these freaky jumps and turns. I do not understand how they did that. I don't understand how they have, have the stamina to do that. But they do, and I applaud them for that. <laughs> Honestly, there were some like jumps where they ran and then jumped, and they were horizontal. They were like literally, actually parallel to the stage, and then they fell like that. I mean, like in quotes, fell because they didn't actually fall. No one hurt themselves. Professional dancers know how to fall, <laughs> but yeah, I don't understand. They were so good. So also, I want to say the choreography. There were, I don't know, I don't actually know how many dancers there were, uh, but it, it was more than 10. So I know that it was more than 10 and that all of them were doing different things. So this means that Dana Gingras had to like choreograph, 
wow why can't i pronounce this word word choreograph 10 different things for the same dance show but every one of them was so unique it was so good i didn't know which one to look at i was like you know what this is overwhelming but in a good way <laughs> um honestly heads off i hats off I can understand why this production took such a long time to make because apparently it was one or two years in the making and no wonder why they perfected it. It was really, really, really good. I was fascinated by it and I can talk about Frontera for the whole show, but unfortunately we're out of time. I just want to say... Um, <laughs> I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> um, follow us on Instagram. I post stuff like post things about the post pictures and or videos about the things we watch and the things we will be reviewing. So you can get maybe more information there and get an idea of what the show is going to be like so that you can decide if you want to listen to it or not. But like <laughs> listen to it anyways. And also... Uh, follow us on Twitter. Our Instagram is artsreportcitr, and then our Twitter is citr underscore artsreport. I I've been tweeting a lot. There's a lot of stuff. It's fun. Um, go do that, and also like us on Facebook. Uh, it is citr artsreport, I believe. Yeah. So I genuinely I want to say I wanted to talk about Frontera more. But I do not think I can because it is past six already and our show is supposed to end at six. So instead, I will be posting on Instagram and you just, I wish Frontera wasn't a one night only thing because I cannot tell you how good it was. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. Uh, no lie I wasn't expecting it to be that good it is hands down the best dance show I've ever seen in my life I said the same thing about spooky action last term and I meant it so now spooky action is on number second second number number two and Frontera has number one and I hope Frontera comes back to Canada or you know Vancouver so that you can see it you'll get to see it you have to see and experience it for yourself <sighs> I don't know it's just everything was done really well I was mind blown I was speechless I couldn't like actually speak like I couldn't talk anyways um as I did here too thank you for listening this has been an amazing show um, I was your, I mean, was, I will still be your host. Uh, my name is Sarah Unju, and you are listening to the Arts Report. You're, you're, you're not listening to the Arts Report, you are listening to CITR. Okay, bye! Just like a